Alright guys, we're here with Noob, and we have uh, three chairs this year, so I'm hip, chair hip, two. hip hip hooray for us. We'll see you right but after the show. I heard it on a podcast, nah but I heard it on a podcast, what you know about craft beer, you were drinking Bud Lights last year, but I heard it on a podcast, nah but I heard it on a what you know about craft beer? You were drinking Bud Lights last year. I don't want a showboat, but I gotta go, bro. Got a cooler in the cellar full of trillion beers. Yeah, I'm talking a boatload. Never in a million years would I ever drink a Michelob. Oh no, they might have brewed this beer from elephant feces. Hmm, what an elegant species. And you better get me, please. Another weird beer. Make it real clear. Noob said to have it smooth on the palate, but super hoppy. The ABV turned loose to choppy. The way we drink is a little bit reckless. Yes, but I never left Ben's when he cracking open the cold one from the vault wall to wall. Don't spill at all. You're listening to the new podcast. If you like to wait two hours for one growler, you come to the right place. We love it. And if you need someone to mule your beers, Moe's wife will do it with a baby in her stomach. Now that's commitment, and that's the difference between Ben, Moe, and you. So up your vocabulary and grab a beer, cause this is noobed. Correct. Noob. This is noobed. This is noobed. This is noobed. Correct. 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 Hi-yo, we're back with noobed. I'm your host, Boston Beer Benny. To my left, co-host Moses Malone. To my right... Co-host Todd Dersham, new on the show, third chair. What's yes, up, bud? Thanks for having me. Happy to have you, Mo. How's it going, man? Uh, it's it's great. It's new venue, new chair, new new vibes, posy vibes, obviously. Posy vibes, as always. I mean, uh, we're gonna try this start. year to bring you some more uh, scheduled content, right? We're gonna try to get you on a schedule so we can consistently be. New England weekly beer discussion, not yes. New England tri-weekly beer discussion, <laughs> we want as we've been for a while. But stress you know, that dub yet. life gets in the way, and we hope to be better this year. Uh, so we are going to uh, start with some breaking news. Unfortunately, 990WBOB.com uh, lost the footage um, of our radio show that we had last week. Now... Well, to say this is a tragedy would be an understatement because that was some of our best work. I honestly, I and I almost said this to you on the way home, but when I got home, uh, Jess said we were funny. Yeah, she's never said that before. Wow. That's... So like, I literally think that that might have been our best episode as far as like, basically we didn't screw anything up. Crazy. And then to hear that he lost it, like I'm a little heartbroken. Yeah, that's that's very serendipitous. That's yeah. Pretty much explains noob down to a T. It kind of um, does. And but, I can't even be that mad since, you know, obviously we have, we've had our snafus in the past. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm also kind of mad. So, so if there's know. any super fans at home listening that tape the show, as we know there are some. Oh, uh, damn. Why don't you send nuts. that over? We'd be very happy. We'll get you. We'll give you a big shout out. I'll even give you a can of beer. Yeah, I'd give out you a can of beer too. At a most silly. Perfect. Um, but today, so we're going to recap some of the items that we covered on the radio show, the bigger ones. Um, we talked about beer beef on the radio show, Tired Hands versus Hill Farmstead. Huge, huge article that we'll go over. You'll get our opinions here on the show. Um, also, the TBB shutdown, real hot topic right now. How the government shutdown is affecting the beer industry. We'll get more into that as well. Those will be our two main topics tonight. It's a very, very serious show. Uh, we want to bring you all the latest news. So 
We'll start it off with beer beef, Mo. Uh, Hill Farmstead versus Tired Hands. What do you got? Yeah, so this was kind of an unfortunate uh, piece of news that I came across uh, earlier in the week. I came across an article where one brewery is suing another brewery. You never want to hear about that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, we were kind of talking about it before. Usually breweries are extending help to each other, offering materials, glassware, cans and things like that. And to hear something like this happen is, is kind of unfortunate. Um, so, But basically some of the details, uh, Sean Hill, who any brewer uh, or brewery aficionado would know, he's the, the owner and, and founder of Hill Farmstead, um, is bringing a case against Tired Hands Brewing in Philadelphia uh, over an investment that he made when Tired Hands first uh, opened up. Uh, he basically invested $5,000, expected a certain return on it, um, and has now been offered a settlement or, or payout of $7,500 on his 5000 investment. And he's a little butthurt by that. So he's going to take this to court and see see what's what. Yeah. I think it's uh, one of those important things that we figure out, you know, how the wording was structured before we start making like, you know, certain maybe accusations, but it does, it does suck to just kind of see this going on, like you said, because considering, you know, these breweries often help each other, you know, get to the, to the next level and, and grow, you know, so. I find yeah, that. it's always tough with, uh, you know, we, we look at it from our position as seeing a lot of brewers being friends and. You know, we do know brewers, and they are a lot, they're friends with other brewers. They speak very highly of them. I mean, we've had multiple brewers on the show, and we ask them what their favorite brewery in New England is. They always speak highly of the other breweries, how they help out when they need malt, when they need hops in a pinch, when they need advice. I mean, you know, but this brings it back to the the screeching reality that it is still a business mm-hmm. and it's tough to miss business and friends you know yeah, it's absolutely. tough to mix it so um it it's <laughs> i don't know it's very very tough to what, take sides what i think is kind of crazy though i mean i don't see and again like the language of the contract i'm i'm not sure on it uh Sean Hill says that he was promised a half a percent stake in the company for his 5000 yeah. Uh, Tired Hands founder uh, Gene Brulette and Julie Foster, they say that they were offering um, as long as they hit all their sales goals and, and hit their um, all their projections, they were promising a 50% return on investment. So two sides are like completely on opposite sides of the spectrum yeah. because a half a percent in the company – I mean, who knows? I, does anybody know what Tired Hands is worth? Because I don't. No. Um, but this puts the company, a $7,500 payout, puts the company worth at $1.5 million, which I, I don't know what a brewery really sells for, but I've got to think that if it the three of us were like, hey, let's pool funds because we could buy Tired Hands for $1.5 million, yeah. just the name alone. That'd be a good investment. You know what I mean? Like I you're going to have a successful business right. as long as you put somebody in control that knew what was what. What's up, Cam? But um, I, I just got to think it's got to be it's got to be more than that. So I, I don't know whose side to believe, but it's you know it's unfortunate to see that now they're gonna have to go to court over. Honestly, it might only be like what a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, when you break it down, it really sounds like 
you know, Philadelphia pulling one over on Boston again. That that's really what it breaks down to. Yeah, I and mean, I, I guess obviously so. that's hyperbole. I'm I'm joking yeah, around, but yeah. um, but I get your point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we are you know one of the most extensive beer law podcasts on iTunes. I think we're number one in we, that category. We're number one, always yeah. have been, always will be. Right. Um, it's really nobody else that focuses on it. No. <laughs> yeah. Extensively. But everybody knows Hell Farmstead. It's a holy grail, and they obviously. Uh, last we spoke about on the radio show too. For anybody who listened, uh, Hill Farmstead has been in in some beer beefs before. You know they they kind of pull the the uppity up card. Yep. You know where they look down on some other breweries. They had that um, underhanded tweet when Trillium started releasing cans that real breweries only release bottles, and then they come out later on with cans, which is a little bit a little, little bit little sly. Douchey. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little sly. And it, yeah. It did make me think of like some of those previous things, but at the same time, you know, I was like, "This does he really need this money? And what is this about? Exactly. Is it like a principal thing? I, I uh, would have know, to assume it's a principal thing. Yeah, and and even then, it's like, what lesson are you teaching? Um, which I know is like, hey, stand by your word. If this is what was written, mm-hmm. but yeah. at the same time, it's like, could have this? The, could did they try to? And could have. Could this have been like taken care of behind the scenes? Yeah, this like, why did like, it need to come public? Yeah, this a little, is bad little PR. Quarrel. A little quarrel must have happened where, you know, something happened somewhere along the line, and he was like, "Oh yeah, remember when I gave you five thousand dollars? I'm collecting on my investment." And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, okay, fine. I'll give you seventy five hundred dollars, and we're done." You're like, I'm not talking to you again. It yeah, sounds exactly definitely. like, you know, you're trying to red line and and figure out what what's going on in the contract and how you can find a loophole out on the other guy and that 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 sucks yeah if it, i mean if we don't have any yeah. inside information on this but we'll report it as if it's actual news that's <laughs> breaking news that is what happened now um and hopefully if that not, did that sucks hopefully it's not just like ploys to just kind of spruce up like you know the the market some way all right you know? but how smart would it that could, be though it could be. now yeah, you, I mean, now you release classic. a beer Classic. Well, that's you why know, I thought of it. Tired Hands Hill Farmstead collab, like bury the hatchet. Oh, triple great IPA. Name. Great name. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. So, Killing it. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's go. gotta, that's gotta be a beer. You gotta right? TM that. TM that. All right. I got <laughs> TM. <laughs> uh, I'll get. I'll get back to it. I'll Comes get. back to my analogy of you know brewers nowadays being the new rappers of a couple of years <laughs> yep. ago where. They just get into beef because it helps their business. You yeah, know? but we don't. Each we one don't, of them is tough guy. We don't need like a Tupac or Biggie stuff here. No, know? no, we don't want that. <laughs> no, know? we don't want that kind of stuff happening, especially to like East Coasters yeah. or right. you know East Coaster ish. Too close. Yeah. So really, really tough, and hopefully more news comes out on this, yeah. and we can I'll, really I'll get keep, to the I'll bottom stay tuned. of it. Uh, Mo, Mo is our correspondent on the ground on this, so he he's going to keep us surprised. And sticking with the legality issue and, you know, the politics in beer, uh, we move on to the TBB shutdown, which is affecting uh, brewers everywhere across the country, not just New England. Uh, So this is how the government shutdown, which happened on January 1st, right, is affecting uh, local brewers and how they can't get their labels approved. Uh, Mo, you have more information on this? Yeah, so what a lot of people, I mean, maybe the the average beer drinker and beer fan doesn't realize is that all of these can art, uh, all these can labels that we that we look at and use to influence our decision whether or not to purchase a beer, um, those are basically, essentially, trademarked things 
and the information that's on them, such as Surgeon General warning and don't drink this if it's pregnant, that stuff needs to be approved by the government and you can't mislead customers. Like, for example, founders had to take the baby off of their breakfast stout yeah. because they were like, you can't have a baby on a beer that's bad form. So the government took that part out and now they can't have that on their labels anymore. So like your label, when you submit something, has to be approved. And with the government shutdown, this agency that's in charge of it the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, which is somehow just abbreviated to ignore <laughs> the alcohol and tobacco part. It's just the TTB. Yeah. Tobacco Tax and Trade. Oh, it's the TTB? I, TTB. I was, I was saying TBB the whole time. That's right? how little I see. I, I know. thought you said TTB. That's how little I know about this issue. So so uh, they're, they're part of the Department of Treasury, which is shut down right now. So... And there was a, actually a news a news article that I linked to you, I think, when we were talking off air yeah. um, about Prairie specifically. They had a couple beers that they were looking to release um, starting with in 2019, things that they were really excited about, things that they had projected. You know, I think it was half a million dollars in sales he was projecting. Yeah. And that's just money that he can't do anything with. Like, he, can't, he can't release the beer because he doesn't have a label for it. Now it's affecting the quality of the beer. Yeah, so does he have to dump it now? I mean, I don't even know what kind of beer it was. I, I don't well, remember you would if hope they that said. they might be able to get some kind of incentive or write-off, in a sense. Insurance money. Yeah, I mean, or something, something, right? But that's if they've taken it out. Sometimes they might be sticklers about it. I, yeah. I see in a lot of different industries where, like, if you don't have insurance on some, on, like, the weirdest, you know, like... The combination of some kind of like tornado yeah. sharknado <laughs> if yeah. you don't have sharknado insurance like you're not going to get it back you know <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> you know so like who who would have thought of this and then are they going to deny them based on like the idea that who knows you know the government shut down and and how that's included in their insurance policy but what i kind of don't understand though and i'd love to talk to somebody with a little more like actual inside knowledge maybe a brewer so maybe in a, in a future interview yeah. i'd love to know like how in advance they get labels approved because i know i i mean i can only speak from what i know very little again about canned heat um we have labels approved already for beers that we we're not we not even in the tanks yet yeah so i don't know if that's just like really good planning on their part or if like that's the norm like yeah. do you have labels just in the tuck for beers that you're coming out with 10 months from now like oh i have this really good idea for a coconut stout i want to call it x y and z like do you just go and get that label as soon as you have like your artist right. draw the thing up or do you kind of wait till the last minute so i, I feel like last minute's probably a bad idea but again hindsight's 2020 so yeah i mean you know it's like, never a problem until it's a problem though that's you know wise guy i live by those right. words <laughs> yeah. uh, but i think it'd be neat even to bring that that process maybe to the forefront so that way next time we can recognize that for listeners yeah. You know, yeah. even though it's one aspect of it, it's um, still part of the process, so people can be uh, familiar with it. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's something you take you take for granted. I mean, we all appreciate the art that goes into a can and the naming yeah, of the, a beer. The beautiful and, art, as the, I show up, just a blank. Sh- white. That's abstract, Mo. So oh, actually, there is a yeah, design on stuff it. In there. The um, Ooh, you know okay. the the nice. subtleties and the legalities that go into a beer because it is a business. It is a you know an alcohol product. Um. You know, these things are affected by big world issues. And I'm sure the government wasn't thinking about this when they shut down. They <laughs> No, have, not a blip on their radar. Hopefully they have bigger fish to fry than this. Yes. Um, but I know, I mean, I reached out to Gary, who's a friend of the show. Yep. He is now the head of the uh, Rhode Island Brewers Guild. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he 
I'm not sure his exact title, yeah, but yeah. I know he he's a higher up in the Ru- right. Brewers Guild. So I don't want to mis mislabel high him. ranking member. Let's yeah, just so say I reached that. I reached out to him to see how how his holidays went. First thing he sent back was a link to this article saying you need to talk about this on the podcast. So uh, it, it's affecting local brewers. It's affecting national brewers and. There's really no end in sight, unfortunately. And the the biggest problem that a lot of the articles that you can read um, about this is that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Because they're going to open up. At some point, the government's going to start doing business again. But it's like anything else. Picture your job or your job or anybody's job. Take a week or two off and then come back. What do you have on your desk? Or see how far, you know, how long it takes for you to get a stack of papers on your desk. Like... You need to do all this stuff because you haven't been here. So yeah. nobody's well, covering your job. What so. if the breweries were to all send the cans down to the border? Build a wall. Build the wall. <laughs> and then we're done. We're, we're over this. We're done. We have so many An aluminum can wall. So many di- we, we cure the world's ills with craft beer. That would That's be my dream. Story. That's the ultimate recycling. That's yeah, my dream. I mean, yeah. It doesn't is... get better than that. Or actually, why not take the beer down there? And extend the hands, extend the olive branch. We exactly. love you. Here's some beer. Try, you know, approve our labels. We'll sell it in Mexico. Yeah. And now we just Damn. opened a huge now market. The Mexican government. Yeah, for a place like Prairie, which is in Oklahoma, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that a huge stretch that they could sell beer in Mexico? Uh, yes. It is. They're not that far away. <laughs> well, there's I mean, some distance. Yeah, there's I mean, there's not Texas. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, there's Texas in between, but all kinds of things. There's the, yeah miles of red crossing tape. state uh, state lines. <laughs> Country lines, like yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not just like, oh, yeah, let's do it. But yeah, is it out there? I don't know. Maybe. I did see uh, Prairie's doing a big event with Jester King coming up too. Oh, really? This month, Jester King did a some kind of event. It was like a real, real wild event, uh, like a doom and gloom type of thing. I forgot what it was, but they always have Prairie on tap there. Which Jester King's one of the few breweries. In the country that I see, that always has other people's stuff on tap, like almost always. I enjoy that. And they, uh, they talking have, about Doom Forge Day. Yeah, Doom Forge Day. There January twenty sixth. Yeah, they have a ton of Prairie stuff on tap, from what I saw. Mm. So yeah, coming up end of the month, if you're in, uh, if you're in Austin, Texas, check out Jester King and uh, get down there, get some good, uh, good beer. Also, go to Bangers if you're down there too, get some good sausage. Huge lineup of local Doom metal bands. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, okay. that sounds interesting. I said interesting. Doom and Gloom. You can see how... how Dude, that's what I, I looked up. I looked up Prairie Doom and Gloom event, mm-hmm. and it came right up. So you were close enough that I found you it. You know how so. my mind works. I'm like a search engine. So. Yeah. A lot of prairies there, yeah? A lot of bombs. And this cool. is this is stuff that we won't get solved here in 20 minutes, obviously, on the podcast. <laughs> but these are bigger issues that we can share with you in the Facebook group. Yeah. On Facebook, search NEWBD or New England Weekly Beer Discussion. We'll post these groups. We'll open up the conversation as best we can. And uh, we've come to a great segment that we love called Weird Beer Stuff. Uh, we talked oh, about damn. this on the Lost Radio Show. Um, the Lost Tapes. Noob the Lost Tapes. You'll have to look for that on Amazon. It's a bestseller. Mm. Uh, this is a funky, weird beer. So more sad than it is weird. Yeah. But Mo, why don't you uh, why don't you walk us down this road while I eat my pizza? Sure. So for anybody who's not uh, an NFL fan, I feel sorry for you. But um, this past this past week, the Bears suffered a brutal loss. Yeah, Bears. Yep. To the Eagles, uh, they had a chance to win it in regulation. 
that Cody Parkey had a 43-yard field goal to win it. Turns out the kick was actually possibly tipped at the line and generally accepted to be tipped at the line. Allegedly. But he did the the double doink. Hit the left upright, hit the bottom upright, missed from 43. Widely considered to be a very makeable field goal. Sure. Safe to say in the For NFL. For a pro athlete. Not, lit- a, not he, a gimme by any stretch. He literally just made it, though, like the kick before. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Rookie Which, mold. Ben, yeah. yeah. You don't kick when they call a timeout. That's Ben's thought. My thought is free practice. But um, anyways, Goose Island, obviously based in Chicago, came up with a fun little challenge for people who obviously were very critical of their kicker who missed this makeable field goal. So they invited people to come out to the brewery uh, on January 12th and kick a 43-yard field goal for beer for a year. That was the promotion. Yeah, and on the radio show, Mo said he'd make this 10 out of 10 times, by the way. Well, no. From that, what? No, that's not what I said. Go back and listen I to said, the tape, Mo. There's no tape. <laughs> I said 100% I could make it. Yeah, I'd say no chance. I, I, I didn't say I would drill 10 out of 10. First of all, you don't so have her, the directionality. And second of all, you don't have the leg to make 43-yard field goal. I could kick a football through the uprights. One out of how, how many no times? Way. One out of how many times? I could mean, you say 100%, but it's 100% of what? I could <laughs> of, do it. Of one no, of like, like... I am 100% capable of doing that. All right. right now? <laughs> as far as percentage, like over a course of an NFL season, if they paraded me out there on every fourth down from 43 yards, I'm not making many any field up. goals. Any Maybe <laughs> any, if you put big dudes in front of me jumping up yeah, and the pressure, fair. I'm not making any of those. But nobody on the field, somebody holding a football, me kicking it through the uprights, I can do that from 43. I don't believe it. I know that I can. I don't believe it. That's fine. I (laughs) disagree. From 20 yards, when I was graduating college, we went out like it was like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night on our football field, and we're trying to kick field goals. It is a hell of a lot harder. It is. Yeah. And top six inches on them. I don't know what that has to do with anything. (laughs) That's not you, relevant. Do you understand physics? <laughs> Todd's lever so is long. Taller people like have lever. more powerful feet. Yeah. Of have you heard of That's, levers? That has nothing to do with your football. <laughs> Fulcrums you and levers. It has nothing to do with your foot. It's all right. leg power. So anyways. Anyway. We got we're getting off, off topic. But anyways, uh, Goose Island found out from the state of Illinois that they can't actually do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, you, can't, you can't give away free beer. You can't. You just can't do that. You also couldn't do that in mass for whatever it's worth. But you promised. Yeah, you did make a promise, but because you're legally not able to fulfill the promise, they really. I feel like they had to really step it up. So what they did instead, um, again, you sign up at twelve o'clock on Saturday for anybody who's in the area. One o'clock is first kick at the tap room in Chicago. If you make a forty-three yard field goal, they are flying you. Seating you and sleeping you in a place uh, at a 2019 NFL regular season game. Not bad. Pretty cool prize. I'm Not bad if you're a Pats fan. Yo, and you could pick somewhere else. <laughs> you know, like if you're a Pats fan, you could go see the Pats in yeah. Jacksonville. You could go to or, Bears game, you know, right? You could go. You could do that. That's good. I mean, that would probably be best for them. Go to the yeah. game in England. Yeah, oh, that would be idea. really cool. Way to loophole the system, Todd. I, nice. I, I like that. I, I like that. that. Um, if you can somehow, and I could, I want to stress, I could not do this. I'm not physically capable, even in my prime of doing this, 
If you can hit a 65-yard field goal. Yeah, nobody is. No. Which I should point out, nobody in NFL history has ever made. Yeah. These are the best field goal kickers in the world. Yeah. They've never done it. Mile-high elevation. If you can do it, they're sending you to the 2019 Super Bowl, and they've upped it a little bit. Again, airfare and lodging included in that. It's a pretty good deal. What it doesn't say, and a good question by Ben... Do you have to kick only one? Yeah, you have to pick. Or if you hit the 43, can you then go back to 48? 53, yeah. 58, 60? You know, like, do you step back? Yeah, or do you have to pick which one you want to try to hit? You know, I don't... I get you. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. The They're going to live stream it if uh, if the vote on their, on their page stays the way it is. Um, there's a decent amount of people who want to see it live streamed. So yeah, it you might be able to watch that, which... Might be mildly interesting, and it should be great if it was like it turned into one of those like like the movie with Mark Wahlberg. That, I was just thinking that, dude. Like the guys the with the capes kicker. and shit. <laughs> they find the new kicker of the of the Bears next year, Cody Parkey. Oh yeah, Cody Parkey shows up to Chicago, kicks <laughs> it, and he he claims the prize. If he's, <laughs> screw if, you guys. If he's not there. I think it's a missed opportunity for everybody. Well, for him Cody Parkey should 100% be there. Drill the 43. Yeah. Right in everybody's face. Fight somebody. That and then fun. go back to 65 and freaking drill that too. Oh, That'd be that sick. would be great. Yeah. yeah. There you go. They'd probably kill him. They but. send him to the Super Bowl because the Bears clearly aren't making it. So no. at least Cody gets to go and watch it. That'd be Cody awesome. Parkey there with two seats. Oh, man. That'd be great. Crazy. I'd love it. According Drinking to, a beer. According to the internet, this may be more... Um, entertaining than the Imagine Dragons during the middle of the national <laughs> championship. Nobody is excited for that. Imagine Dragons is excited got, for that. They got shit on for that for some reason. Yeah, I, but I didn't watch it. I actually fell asleep. Pass. All right, and we'll end the show as we always do with a shelfer of the week. Uh, this year, and the way we're going to do this going forward, we're going to give you a show shelfer of the week. So we're going to do. Uh, one shelfer that we can all agree on or disagree on or, you know, <laughs> something to that effect. Sure. But uh, with the way Distro's going, Mo, uh, we're not going to give you something wacky. We're not going to give you something crazy. But we're going to give you a traditional beer that we think is close to perfect. One we can all agree on is Allagash White. Great beer. Uh, Classic. Allagash, one of my favorite breweries out of Portland. I mean, there's so many good beers out of Portland. And Allagash is like this giant nationwide staple that is that puts out good beer. You never hear anything from any controversy. Anyway. None. Um, and Allagash White in cans might not seem like a big deal to some people, but it it's been around forever. And uh, you're gonna do it like that? I mean, it's not to a big some deal people. To yeah. It's <laughs> not a big deal to you. Why? Why do you just come out and say that's it? That's true. That's true. So before before the show, most said Allagash White was in cans, which I saw the article. And some people were very, like, happy about it. And I was like, I don't know why that's a big deal. <laughs> See, I think that's a big deal. From, from what aspect? Because my, my question is, is, is why now? You know, my question yeah. is always valid. valid. Like, why, valid. You know, so, so if it's just like, hey, we thought it was time. Like, let's do this. We find that people are going to enjoy it in the cans. The cans are just easier, whatever. But um, I, it's great. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm just curious why. My main reason behind it, and I didn't even get, get into this with you, Ben. Yeah. Um, my main point behind it involves a brewery right on our table. Uh, and people can't see it, obviously. Smutty Nose. Yeah. What happened to Smutty Nose over like a long period of time? They were classic brewery. They made some decent beer. They had brand recognition. 
and they just didn't adapt to the times. Yeah. They didn't take that next step to like make themselves relevant in 2010, 2015, 2018. Like they, they just fell off because they didn't know, they didn't follow certain trends. And Allagash is one of those old school, like classic breweries. And it, it seems to me that they are adapting to some of these trends that can make them stay relevant and make them still be a contributing factor in the beer community. Not that, you know, you never say a brewery is going to fall off, but yeah. I mean, you keep doing what you've always done in the past. At some point, you're going to be irrelevant. That's a just good point. in general. That's a good but point. they're putting their classic, their flagship, their biggest seller, the, the beer that keeps the lights on, and they're putting it in cans, which is, I think we can all agree, the, the form of beer that travels best and yep. people gravitate to most doesn't share the best but no it doesn't it doesn't and we know where ben stands on that <laughs> yeah but. i've had you know had discussions on this very podcast with brewers uh the one that sticks out to me the most is morgan uh from mm-hmm. buttonwoods brewing and i asked him you know what does he prefer cans or bottles he said cans they're lightweight they're recyclable they keep light out uh and they're cheaper to cheaper to produce so yeah. It, it it makes sense for a big brewery and the amount of Allagash wet that they put out. I mean, it's gotta be absurd. I see a lot of it in in kegs more than I do in bottles now. Sure, but uh, yeah, to switch from a six pack of bottles to a four pack of cans too is probably more cost effective for them as well. And I didn't I didn't see anything on uh, on pricing. Yeah. Um. So I don't I don't know what they're gonna be charging. Any stats for it, on but, the beer? Um. Yeah, I can definitely give. Uh, I know it's a Belgian white. Yeah, nearly flawless. I would say it's it's got to be mid fours on a test. It's it's not. No, it's actually not as high rated as you would think. That's it's a BS. It, it's a three seven six. Yeah, but you have to factor in, and this is one of those beers that I will definitely do that for. This isn't a beer like a classic beer style where people are gonna five it. No, like an IPA is gonna get fived by somebody. Like basically any IPA that comes out is gonna get fived by somebody. But a beer like Allagash, where it's like you kind of have like people who just aren't into that style, yeah. they're gonna three that beer I'm all one day. Of them. I'm one. Of, I used to. I used to enjoy Allagash quite a lot, and that that style of beer fell off for me. Sure. Just for my palate. Um, but as far as Belgian whites go, I mean that beer is scary consistent. Yep. And it's it's really perfectly balanced. I mean, there's no bad notes in it at all. It just I I don't enjoy drinking whites because. The spice gets to me after a while, and the sure. wheat, the wheat in it really is yeah. Yeah. It's difficult it's, on this. It's stomach. what introduced me, which was weird. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I, it was like my first dip into some kind of craft brew, and sure. then after that, I was, I was like, oh, there's a whole other world out there. Yeah. I think Allagash did that for a lot of people, and I, I think even a lot of breweries modeled some of their beers of this style after Allagash, because they literally like, pioneered that. Like that they, they own that. Yeah. Like Allagash White is the definition of a wit beer, and it pretty much always will be. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. So, and uh, that's if why you're, I think it's if you're beer. in Portland, hit up Allagash. They do free tours, and they also do free flights. So it's well worth the visit, um, and it's it's a great brewery. So that's the longest we've ever spent on a shelter. Yeah, but. It's worth if we're going to spend that long, it's going to be a deal like Allagash. Yeah, so if you're at a brewery or at a tap room, uh, grab a glass of Allagash White and cheers to uh, success. And hopefully they have another decade-long run <laughs> like they've had. So. I think they will. Uh, that's the show for today, boys and girls. Thank you very much for tuning in. Check us out 
on iTunes, as you probably already downloaded this podcast on iTunes. Maybe. Check us out on Facebook, N-E-W-B-D, New England Weekly Beer Discussion. You can hit me up on Instagram, at Boston Beer Benny. You can hit me up on Untapped, uh, Moses Malone. You can follow me, check out what I've been drinking. I'd love to know what you guys have been drinking. So Yeah. Todd, you're officially, you're officially in the third chair. How's it feel? I like it. Yeah, you're it in there. It's good. We let you talk, too, which was cool. It's a lot of power. I appreciate it, guys. A lot of power in here. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to continue to drink beers, and we'll talk to you tonight. What? What? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you later. I'm leaving that in there. that we can all agree is a very reputable brewery as far as we're concerned is Four Quarters Brewing uh, up in Vermont. Wow, you're really going gonna to pull the, the fastball on me, huh? <laughs> oh, was I, supposed to, was I supposed to say something else? All right, stop. <laughs> all right, we're going we're gonna to go back. What am I supposed to oh, I'm supposed to go Allagash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, damn, I'm looking at the paper. I'm like, oh, Four Quarters. So-